lately, I've been seeing this thing pop up on social media. We are going to talk about how you can become a traditional wife. How I went from a raging, free-the-nipple feminist to becoming a traditional feminine woman. The ways that I live traditionally in our modern world. I don't understand. What's the point of you know arguing with him? Immaculately made-up women gazing wide-eyed into their phones, singing the praises of being a trad wife or traditional wife. I'll let her explain. If you are not familiar with the term trad wife, it is a woman who chooses to live a more traditional life with ultra-traditional gender roles. So the man goes outside the house, works, provides for the family, the woman stays home, and she's the homemaker. She takes care of the home and the children if there are any. Thanks for that. Though the idea of women being confined to the home while men do things like go outside and work isn't exactly new, the image of 1950s suburban domesticity has been given a new lease of life by the gals on TikTok. Can you imagine me, the wife of that boorish, brainless some younger millennials and Zoomers have decided to embrace living la vida casserole, dedicating themselves to cooking, cleaning, and child-rearing while their husbands or boyfriends, I don't know, chop firewood or go to their job in human resources. And look, I'm not saying there's anything inherently degrading about being a mum or making nice meals. I like cooking elaborate dinners. For that matter, my boyfriend does too. But the tradwife trend isn't just a way to talk about the experience of being a woman and doing domestic labour. This is Reconstructing Christianity. Join us as we encourage believers to reconstruct the heart of the Christian faith in this deconstructing world. Welcome back to Reconstructing Christianity. And after that clip, she says she doesn't think there's anything uh, wrong about being a, a trad wife or anything degrading about it, but it's degrading. It's just bad. I mean, I don't think that being a, that, I don't think that, oh, I think that a woman should cook some, I, I cook stuff, but being a mother's bad, all that yeah. bad stuff. I don't think being a mother is bad, but staying home and being with my kids and raising them, that's bad. That's degrading. Yeah. How dare a woman, you know, raise her <laughs> kids well. Yeah. Yeah. The way we think about these things, and by we, I mean the culture really, is pretty stupid. And actually it does a whole lot of harm to society. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about patriarchalism. But that's a bad term, Tim. I know. Fight the patriarchy, guys. <laughs> no, actually, the patriarchy's good. Okay. <laughs> uh, Tim, I think we should be... Uh, I think we should be a complementarian. Oh, yes. And allow... You know, just say that we're patriarchal. But basically don't give any definition to it yeah well you know the complementarians have one thing right there are complementary roles but they don't go far enough with it they limit that to simply the house and the church you mean the guys who were in new york who made it and who made the term in new york yes. and all these single utopias <laughs> Did not go far enough with it? Yes, they did not. 
It was very uh, narrowly focused, believe it or not. So, yeah, well, the man's to be protector in the home, but uh, you should send your wife to fight in the military because that's not the home. Yeah. Uh, the logical leaps you have to go through to be able to make that argument. You should protect your wife, but also send her in the military at the same time. Right. Men are meant to be the protector and leaders in the home. They're meant to be the protector and leaders in the church. They're meant to be the protectors and leaders in the state. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> what do you have to do? I mean, it's just playing in scripture. I mean, yes. And let, let's deal with that. Because uh, this is the meat of what we're going to be talking about today is scripture and about how, believe it or not, the feminists today have such a low standard, a low view of what it means to be a woman, that they essentially try to escape that and become men themselves. So the feminists actually have the lowest view of women you could possibly have. You mean the the women who are promoting cutting your breasts off and, right. you know, sewing up your, uh, your I'm, well, I'm talking even about JK Rowling. Oh the yeah. The anti-trans feminist. Oh snap. She also has a low view of women. Who would have thunk? Right. And you know, the reason we do is because we live in a culture that says, well, if things aren't the same, then they are unequal. Yeah, I mean, basically, if uh, if a woman doesn't have the same parts that a man does, she's unequal. Right. Your your child is unequal mm-hmm. because you have a level of authority over them. Oh no, that's stupid. So to start off, where we talk biblically about this, we need to talk about the nature of God Himself, and yes. God himself. His personal pronouns. <laughs> yes. How does Jesus teach us to pray to the Father? What's the Lord's Prayer? And I already gave the answer away in our, my question. Well, it's our, fa- our Father. Yes. God has revealed himself as a father. Mm-hmm. Not as a mother. Not as a she. So, from the very top down, what we... Who we trust in is a father. Christianity is the most patriarchal religion on the planet. You mean, all right, so, but Tim, there are a lot of objections we could go with this route. Hey, we got time. Bring them up. Okay, so you say you're basing this on the fact that God is the father, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in... In the Bible somewhere, uh, <laughs> there's a Hebrew word for Etzer, and that's the, and God calls himself the Etzer of Israel. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. One time, by the way. Yeah, it is only one time, and that word is also applied to Eve in the garden. Now, when translating Greek, context really matters. And this is what our, uh, we'll, we'll deal with this more in the next episode. But the egalitarians tend to take a Greek word out of context and say, oh, it means this somewhere else. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Hebrew. What am I saying? Obviously, the Old Testament is in Hebrew and mm-hmm. New Testament is in Greek. Sorry. But yeah, they take the Hebrew word out of context and say, it was used this way somewhere else, so it has to be used this way here. And then they ignore the 
whole rest of the sentence. Guess what? Even when translating Greek words, the context of the sentence matters. Mm -hmm. So the next step in, you know, building our case for patriarchalism is going to the garden where we will deal with that thing altogether. That dreaded text where he says that the, that your wife, that he needs a helper and that's her. Yeah. Oh, well, let's start with the garden. Let's start with the nature of Adam and his duty. Okay. So Genesis one through three, but we'll start in one through two because the fall is where it becomes important. But before the fall, God created man. He said, here's this garden, steward it, take care of it. And everything was perfect in the garden, but it wasn't necessarily under a state of, it was perfect because it was in a state of sinlessness. Mm -hmm. It was not perfect in that man had not brought it to a state of perfection. Yeah, there was still stuff to, you know, God just, I mean, God did not just clear a field and go like, there you go. Yeah, he, Adam had work to do. Mm -hmm. So that would imply, okay, he's taking dominion over this area. So, oh no, you used the I D know, word. Oh no. Anyways. So Adam had a job, <clears throat> but then God said, Well, you know, it's not good for man to be alone. He needs help. So he created Eve. Mm-hmm. And God says, um, he gave him he gave her to him as a helper. Now this is where we were talking about that Hebrew word Ezer. Mm-hmm. Or whatever you you called it, I don't speak Hebrew. Etzer, yeah, whatever. Um, he that word is used of the Holy Spirit in other places, where it says God is a helper to Israel, and obviously God is not subject to Israel. God is a leader of Israel. So when you apply that to Genesis, it can't possibly mean that Adam is in a place of authority over Eve. Mm-hmm. Now, could that really be the point of that passage, do we think? Yes. <laughs> it must it must override everything in the Bible. Yeah, no. That first off the logical leaps you have to get to to come to that conclusion are bad. It, come on, Tim. We have to let everything bow down to that one <laughs> Oh, oh, that's not good. <laughs> no, context matters. And what's the context? God gave Adam a position of authority, and he said, go and name all these animals, and God named Adam, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when Eve was created, who named Eve? Well, that would be Adam. That's interesting. But that doesn't imply the it does, way it though, does. And we know this. Because we name our children, right? Oh, snap. And do we have authority over our children? Yeah. Now, I can already hear the objections. Oh, you're saying that woman is like an animal or like a child? Yeah, Tim. No. Please use your brain. Hear what I am saying and not what I am not saying. Yeah, if you're really just kind of going at this from oh he's he (laughs) might be saying this or he might be saying that i mean you're not listening Mm -hmm. a b that's not how you 
if you're a Christian and doing this, you're not giving a lot of grace to your brother. Mm-hmm. You're I'm, you're assuming the absolute worst thing that I could possibly be saying. Yeah. So, anyways, sorry. Had to get that off my chest. Yeah, but anyways, I mean, you see this in the garden, and this is pre-fall. And egalitarians will say, well, gender roles came because of the fall. That's when uh, the curses were brought upon man and woman, and it says... Man would be uh, like domineering over his wife, and his wife would desire his authority, and you know they'll have a million different interpretations of that. But that's the gist of it. You um, see, what what God meant by that is that women will de- women desires the power, and that means that it's good. Well, no, that was a curse. <laughs> oh. uh, but yeah, so they would say generals came because of the fall. Well, that's actually not true at all. Um, Let me go to a passage. All right, 1 Corinthians 11, and this is is our response to egalitarians who say, well, gender roles came about because of the fall. All right, here's what Paul says, and this is after he talks about head coverings. We can get into that, but that might not be really conducive. (laughs) That's not conducive for this episode. Um, But here's what he says in verse 8. For man was not made from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. And then he says that is why a wife ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. So why was woman created? Well, it seems like women was crave for the man but, but oh, that's yeah. not politically correct well if you're this far into this season of reconstructing christianity we're not politically correct yeah, i don't know why you're still with us at this point if that's your concern <laughs> it's to get some it's to get some ammo so they could yeah no paul's argument was never well, you have to wear the symbol of authority because of, you know, the fall and Adam's sin. No. He goes to the point of why women were created. For man. Oh, wait. Hold on. That implies sort of gender roles. Oh, wow. And authority and submissiveness. But I don't like the S word, Tim. Oh, Submissive. Oh, no. Well, hey, guess what? Everyone submits in some way. Everyone. But, Tim, submissiveness has become worse than the actual S-word. Yeah, so that's the next bomb we're going to drop. And this is clear in Scripture. It's not something contextual happening in 1 Corinthians. You may say, well, head coverings, that's a cultural thing. That is a cultural thing. But the principle is there. Why does Paul base his argument about this cultural thing in creation? The created order was not something cultural. That's the created order. But Tim, the temples, head coverings, <laughs> cultural. No, Deborah. <laughs> <laughs> what about Junia? Junia. <laughs> no, we're we're. We're trying to walk through these passages, and Paul gives the answer and the reasons for his arguments. Yeah. Um, if you immediately go to the contrary Bible phrases, yeah, I mean... It, it becomes a point where you're just arguing with the Bible. Yeah. And clear parts of the Bible. And 
really just you just assume cultural cultural tradition and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, so the point we're making so far is men are meant to lead and even to rule society. Wait, rule? Rule That's such society. A bad word. I know. Sounds terrible. The R it? word. <laughs> the other R word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, now, when we hear this, when we hear the word rule, we think, oh, you're, you're a dictator. You can just do whatever you want. You tyrant. Yeah. That's not what we're saying. Again, please think critically. People tend to say, well, what about, what about, what about, or are you saying, are you saying? Hear what I'm actually saying, please. So you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) No. We are not talking about unbridled rulership. We're talking about rulership and submission to Christ. Yeah. I mean, you have a rule over over, uh, over plants and animals. Mm Mm-hmm. We're not saying that you could just swing a cat by its tail and just kind of launch it. Yeah, and it. men and women both have rulership over creation. Yeah. That's not strictly a man's role. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to leading and helping, that's where the difference in gender roles lies. Leading and helping? Leading is more important. It's not, though. Well, let's get into the household, then, because I think this is the logical next step. So, gender roles in the house. No gender roles. Gender roles right. equal. Gender equal. Yeah, gender equal bad. <laughs> now, I think for most egalitarians, at least we can agree that there are biological difference between men and women. You have to at least hold to that. And I don't know of any egalitarian Christians that wouldn't. I mean, if you take it in like a just basic observation, yeah. just shows, wait, a woman is supposed to have a baby. A yes. man does not have a baby. Men are built to be stronger and to they're built to do harder labor and to protect. Hmm. So even the biological parts of us are different to our very core. Now, this is where we might differ from complementarians because they basically treat gender as, well, you have a male body, but inside you're kind of just a neutral spirit, genderless spirit, and a meat suit of a man. Yeah, you're you're a genderless avatar in a uh, right in a mech uh-huh. flesh body. Yeah, I was watching the new uh, Marvel show, Secret Invasion. It's not very good. You, but uh, these scrolls, they can basically turn into a man or a woman. And that's kind of what we think. We're just like a spirit shapeshifters and in, inner bodies. <laughs> and when we go to heaven, you know, gender's going to be gone. Not going to be a man anymore. Yeah, you're just you're just a Ken doll, right? <laughs> Gosh, yeah. But uh, actually, when God created man, He created him holistically. He said, "You have a body. You have a spirit. Both are man. Mm-hmm. All together, that is man." Yeah. You even have a male spirit. But, Tim. <laughs> so even beyond biology, we get gendered differences. And scripture speaks to this. So let's think about, um, what is it? Um, I think it's Titus 3, maybe, mm-hmm. um, where it talks about um, women having children will be when we'll be saved by childbearing. Oh, that's uh, 1 Timothy 2. Oh, you're right. That's you're in the right. bottom part. Yeah, you're right. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, 
women will women will be saved from by their childbearing. Nope. Uh, no. I yeah. Mean, well, what if I don't have children? What if I'm gifted in uh, singleness? What if I? What if I got my lower abdomen chopped off? What am I supposed to do then? What if? What if? What if? What if? Tim? <laughs> what if I'm a paralytic? What if I'm? What if I'm a transgender with rickets? <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, we immediately hop to what if? What if? What if? And we're arguing with the Bible. Mm-hmm. We're talking generally. Mm-hmm. The primary means for women to be sanctified is through motherhood. Mm-hmm. Crazy thought, I know. I know. But why is that? Why would the Bible say that? Well, it almost assumes that mothers are going to be home rearing the children. Oh. And that's going to be very sanctifying. For oh, them. generalities. <laughs> my heart. Yeah. Most women will get married, and most women will have kids. And if you are married, you should have kids. But Tim... <laughs> marriage is just a personal act of love between me and my wife and all that stuff. Yeah, it's not, though. So let me ask. God created the body. He created everything that functions in the body. So that means the body has a telos or a purpose for why it was made. So the male sperm has a purpose. The female eggs and ovaries have a purpose and i'm sorry if this is blunt or crude but it's we got to get basic now unfortunately because people have just stopped thinking critically yeah we actually had to we actually had to uh, have a bio, a biology class <laughs> right so when let's do the birds and the bees here when a man loves a woman very much very much they they get married and they want to show their love for each other in a physical, special way. So they become one flesh. Mm-hmm. And the purpose of that is reproduction. But Tim, Tim. There is a reason why if you have sex, there will be babies. But Tim. Sex has a telos. Yeah, who would have ever thunk that eggs, I mean, that a woman, ha- that a man having a seed, a sperm, right. and <laughs> women having eggs, which contain the necessary ingredients to have a baby. I know. Mm. And we even realize this in the secular culture as well. That's why the sexual revolution happened, and that's why uh, birth control was invented. Because they realized, if you have sex, there will be babies. Hmm. But we've said, well, God, the way you've designed it, ah, that just doesn't fit my modern sensibilities. I don't really want kids. They're kind of an inconvenience, to be honest. Yeah. And what about climate change, God? What about climate change? Right. Well, I mean, we can't add to the population, God. I mean, I know that you're going to take care of the world and that you <laughs> yeah. hold all things by your hand, but I have to think about the climate. I know. What about the climate? The climate that's actually gotten colder over the years. But anyways. Well, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> anyways. So, Tim, what you're saying is that uh, men and women sort of have their own sort of, their own uh, their own roles. 
Yes. And their own uh, roles according to biology. Mm-hmm. Um, would you mind telling me what also biology says about gender roles? Well, I've, I've kind of hinted at this earlier, but it hints at who's to be on the front lines leading men. Mm-hmm. You don't send women to fight on the front lines. They're not built for it. And we even realize this. Let's say you have a squad in the military. Mm-hmm. 19 guys, one woman. Mm-hmm. And they're all seen as you know equal in standing. You're telling me none of those guys, when they're in the trenches and see that woman next to them, are going to defend that woman a little bit more than all the other guys next to them? No, of course they are because they have that protective instinct in them. It's mm-hmm. in every male. Yeah. I mean, if you just look at the characteristics of testosterone, mm-hmm. uh, testosterone like can really just, it changes a person. Yeah. They could take like bullet shots mm-hmm. and still, they could take buying pistol bullets and just kind of go, just kind of keep on going if they're like under the influence of their testosterone. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just crazy what the male body can do. Right. And what the woman body can do. Yeah. Well, that's another thing. <clears throat> women, we treat, we say because women go on the front lines, that means women are unequal. Mm-hmm. And that, oh, they're just not strong enough to be able to do that. Women are so strong in different ways. Think about birthing. I don't even want to imagine what that is like. Dude, me too. But. <laughs> I got to tell you, like, those are, like, strong women who go through that. Yeah, you have to be. I mean, it's always a thought in my head. Like, if I... It, this is weird. <laughs> go ahead. I thought, you know, if I ever were to get pregnant, which obviously... Yeah. Never. We, we, I know men can have babies and all, but no. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I would be so scared just knowing the pain that was awaiting me. And, like, knowing oh, I might die from this. And I'm sure women feel that, but they just go in and they're able to do it anyways. That shows a lot of strength. It's not us pandering, but we're just realizing that there's strength on both sides. Right. We we think different roles means unequal, but different roles means different strengths in different areas. I wish that I would have... I wish I could be as loving and as nurturing as the traditional trad wife oh for sure like i think of my wife and how she is with kids mm-hmm. like i don't know how to do any of that stuff and it just comes natural to her heck, she's way better at it than i am heck yeah i was at like daycare and all that stuff i could not compare right yeah i mean there's there's differences mm-hmm. it's obvious it's obvious to all of us mm-hmm. the egalitarians like to suppress it they do mm-hmm. it may sound offensive to y'all but you do yeah, it's clear to everybody. I mean, whenever you're actively chopping your bits off just to kind of <laughs> so you could play tennis better or you, so yeah. you could, you know, it just shows your lack of understanding mm-hmm. and that you're trying to suppress your motherhood. Well, we've seen this from the sexual revolution, you know, having children was seen as a hindrance from women working. Mm-hmm. So what happened? Well, birth control, abortion. Mm-hmm. And that was going further into cutting your bits into cutting your bits off. Oh, for sure. To where you could play tennis better or where you could, you know, 
Kendrick's diving into the latest controversy. <laughs> you know, where you could, you know, it just shows that if you have any semblance of motherhood, you need to cut it off. Right. So you could. You need to be a man. Mm-hmm. You need to be out there working like men. Mm-hmm. No respect for women at all when you say something like that. Yeah. No respect. I think that the, I mean, what's wrong, what's wrong, really, with wanting your, with wanting your significant other to stay at home and to. Right. That's what I'm always confused about. You you hear these feminists that are like, I, you're, you're saying I'm just for the home. I want to be out there working. I'm like, why? Why? Why do you want to be out there having a career so much? A career kind of sucks. I mean, it, it, it has its ups and downs. Mm-hmm. So does being at home. I'm not trying to minimize that, but mm-hmm. it's a great calling to be at home. Oh, no, I get to be with my kids all day, and I get to, you know, I get to, like, I get to do all these important things with the kids. And then, meanwhile, you're, meanwhile the dad's, like, 30 miles away wishing to be home. Yeah. And let, let's think about this. Here's some more scripture to throw at you. Titus 2. Women are to be workers in the home. The amount of gymnastics I have seen to be able to get around this passage is shocking. I've heard women who have one just said, well, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. They said that about scripture and these are Christian women. Mm-hmm. Or two say, well, I just, God has called me to a career. Is that what Titus 2 says? I mean, Tim. God what is- about Proverbs 31? What about Proverbs 31? You really think women had careers when Proverbs thirty one was written? Yes, that's what it says in the in that's what it says in the in the her in the Queen James version. No. Women did not have careers. They were living in an agrarian society. So all the work happened in the household. And immediately you had to assume a patriarchy, but we're just gonna let that go. But right. Yeah, I mean, Titus 2 is so clear. And, you know, again, I'm sure the egalitarians would play the cultural thing happening card. But Paul answers his own question. Think about First Timothy 2, the, the controversial one, about uh, I do not permit a woman to teach in the church. Okay. They'll say, well, what about? Oh, he doesn't permit, so um, you know his. That's that's just that's just <laughs> his personal preference. Yeah, it was, he's just his personal preference, and uh, he woman shouldn't have authority. Oh, but that word authority. Well, let's look that up in the Greek. It really just means being domineering. It just means teaching. That's right. It, it just means teaching. No authority whatsoever. Yeah. But actually. Paul gives a reason for what he's saying, and it's not something cultural. It's not the cult of Artemis or whatever you want to say. It's not uneducated women. He gives the reason in the chapter. Keep reading. Also, um, I would like to say that Didache means teaching, mm-hmm. and and it means teaching, but it also has an authority. Um, it also has an authority aspect to it. That's why you have the Didache of the Apostles. Yeah. But, Paul, this always happens. 1 Corinthians 11, 1 Timothy 2, he roots his argument in the garden. 
The garden is not a cultural context. The garden is about created order. He said, for man was not deceived, but woman. And this is why I do not permit them to teach. He doesn't say, oh, I do not permit them to teach because of the cult of Artemis or because they're uneducated. No, he says in the chapter. It's, but Tim, it's, it's not good. (laughs) It's the arguments are lame. The arguments are really lame. And it's always just trying to get around a clear teaching of scripture. Actually, do you know what it really is? Hmm. It's really us wanting to bow down to the culture instead of God. Oh, yeah. So I was listening to Mike Winger's uh, series on this, and it's been really good. But he made one comment, and I can nitpick. What he said has been really good. I recommend it to everybody. But he made the comment, well, egalitarians, we often accuse them of feminism, but they're not feminists. It's just a disagreement on scripture. Bro. It's feminism. It is feminism. <laughs> There's it's, a reason this hasn't existed historically until feminism came about. This feminism train is sort of new. Oh, it is, yeah. And it's been... I mean, it it is deadly. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. And it's a worldview mindset that's been perpetrated by, the, by basically communism. Fascist... Not... Well by uh, Marxism Mm -hmm. and it's the idea of critical gender theory if you think critical race theory was bad enough right uh, no one seems to bat an eye with critical gender theory Mm -hmm. but anyways you have to like it's really new and they're pushing it among Christians what's funny is that it doesn't get the same traction that critical race theory does but oh no it, it it actually has gotten much more traction Mm-hmm. Especially in the church. Mm-hmm. The amount of egalitarianism creeping up. Um, Rick Warren trying to creep it into the SBC. And there's still a bunch of SBC church that are. Mm-hmm. Have women pastors. It, it's been in the church for a while. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't need to call it critical gender theory. Mm-hmm. But it's there. Oh, it is there. Whether you have the title or not, it's there. Mm-hmm. It's the same principle. Oh, we've just... Uh, We've just oppressed women for so long and treated them as lesser because they're not able to preach. Mm. Who's treating them as lesser? First off, mm-hmm. no one's treating them lesser because they can't preach. I, I, I wouldn't dare treat a woman less like lesser because she can't preach. And there's a lot of men that shouldn't preach. Mm-hmm. Now, men are the only one ultimately able to do it. But there are a lot that shouldn't. Right. Mm. Um. I mean, I think that we should judge everyone by their character, but also there is a sense where gender, uh, there is a gen, there is a, we treat everyone by their character, mm-hmm. but we don't allow certain people, even if they have the right to, to preach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've focused on women a lot here, but let's shift back to men ruling mm-hmm. if, if there was one place you could go to Kendrick to say well this is where women or men should be ruling where where would you go well I would have to think back to the garden mm-hmm. where man is told to have dominion without mm-hmm. without the women by the way yeah man is told to have dominion to conquer um, and 
obviously he can't do that without his wife but mm-hmm. he is sold to had dominion um then there's obviously first uh timothy 2 where he has men over women there's a store of leadership over there mm-hmm. also in first timothy where you have a man not not um not being able to provide for his is worse than an unbeliever is worse than an unbeliever it doesn't say a woman yeah says a man that doesn't provide for his household is worse than an unbeliever because even the gentiles knew that a man should be providing for his family mm-hmm. for his woman so and you know they might say well that greek word is a neutral term widow yes. isn't mm-hmm. why okay here's something we never think of mm-hmm. we know people the world knows our love for christ by how we treat orphans and by how we treat widows. Mm-hmm. Let's think about why those two groups of people are important. What does an orphan not have? A family, a parent. Yeah, or a father. Yeah. What does a widow not have? A leader. Uh, a, a husband. Yeah. It almost assumes that when you take that authority out of the situation that does a lot of damage and we need to come alongside those people. Mm -hmm. It's almost assumed all throughout. It is assumed all throughout scripture. Mm -hmm. Widows and orphans are damaged because they're fatherless Mm -hmm. and well, husbandless and fatherless. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is we there's hierarchy in creation. Mm -hmm. Okay. So from the bottom, the first rung of hierarchy Submission to Christ mm-hmm. and ruling over yourself. First step is ruling over yourself and stop sinning. Can't rule over anyone until you can rule over yourself. Mm-hmm. Second leg of authority, or you know, sphere, sphere authority, mm-hmm. is the household. Mm-hmm. Well, what does Ephesians five tell us? Well, husbands, love your wife as Christ loves the church. He is the head of the wife. Hmm. But Tim, in that passage, the in, yeah, it You're, talks about mutual s- submission in Christ. Oh wait, he doesn't submit to the church. No, he doesn't. Yeah, so uh, parents don't submit to children. Christ does not submit to the church, and masters don't submit to slaves. Mm-hmm. The three different people he's dealing with. That's interesting. Really interesting. Uh, here, here, okay. Here's a difficult thing I came on when working through Ephesians 5. Okay, and I want to get your response. Just I'm putting you way on the spot right now. Go ahead. So we say that's not something cultural going on, right? Mm-hmm. Well, obviously there aren't slaves and masters anymore, correct? Right. So wouldn't that principle of slaves still existing carry over today? I would say yes. Oh, oh boy, okay. I would say that it deals with um more of an econ- economical thing. Yeah. I would say that and I'm going basic evangelical just mm-hmm. that verse should be translated into the way you submit to to your supervisor, your manager, anyone. Mm-hmm. You have you have to submit somewhere. Yeah. I mean if you do not submit at your work, you're going to get fired. Yeah, and when you 
read slavery in the Bible. <clears throat> there are instances where it's clearly sinful, and it talks about uh, man stealing, and that you get the death penalty for that. And that's probably more what American slavery was about. Whereas in some instances in Scripture, slavery was more likened, and it's not exactly parallel, but more likely likened to um, Bond in, servant. indentured servitude, basically, mm-hmm. where people have a lot of debt. Which was not a bad thing, by the way. Still isn't. Mm-hmm. Shocker, I know. I know, right? But people would have a lot of debt and they would work it off. That's more what this passage is talking about. It's not talking about chattel slavery like America did, mm-hmm. where you're stealing and selling men. Yeah, I mean, slavery in that sense was, in the New Testament sense, mm-hmm. was actually a benefit to where basically you could work off your debt but also you would be provided with a home mm-hmm. well and here's another thought you had the year of jubilee mm-hmm. so we're not talking indentured servitude for the rest of your life mm-hmm. in the year of jubilee people were freed from their debts yeah so you had six years to work off your debt mm-hmm. i don't see anything unreasonable about that i i mean bonus for me yeah (laughs) that sounds pretty cool they've had student debt (laughs) yeah but yeah so we just need to be careful that we don't read our modern sensibilities about what slavery is into a completely different cultural context altogether Mm -hmm. yeah um can i add something sure go for ephesians 5 yeah i was um i was going through calvin's commentaries one time going through Ephesians 5 and it says you know how wives be subject and to I think it was like revere your husbands mm-hmm. or something like that yeah respect your husband basically yeah that word respect is actually is phobotai mm-hmm. and Dean does if it sounds familiar to you that's the root word for phobia and that's fear mm-hmm. and so oh boy he's he's asking uh, wives to fear your husbands in a reverential way mm-hmm. but it just shows the level how how we kind of denigrated the the biblical language and the fact that you know fear just means a reverence you know but it's really sort of a you know you should revere your husband in the off in an awful way Mm-hmm. awful way mm-hmm. yeah we're going to make a lot of friends with that one Kenny <laughs> no but I agree mm-hmm. and here's what we're going to do we're about to hit overtime so we're not doing an outro today we're going to stop here and we're going to continue this conversation into part two. Oh snap man we will see y'all next week see you next week <laughs>